Welcome into our second edition of the Daily Double podcast here at uh, Keeneland. And we are talking to different handicappers about how they got into the game, uh, a little bit of their backstory, a little bit about uh, what we'll be looking at today is the Thursday racing card. And uh, we are giving them $100 to make some bets with, and any winnings will be donated to a thoroughbred charity. So let's uh, get right to it. We welcome in Ella Starr, and there are many places you can access Ellis's information, some or all of it. So rather than me try to recap it, Ellis, you tell the folks where they can uh, find your work day-to-day or week-to-week. Well, thanks, Tom. Well, I do a race of the week, NASH race of the week, for Echo Base and America's Best Racing. And folks uh, follow that are on Twitter, you can just follow me at UberCapper, all the links. I do a blog for a couple of uh, different websites, including Keenan Select, every Saturday with a major race. And this week, of course, I'm really happy to participate in what we call Keeneland at Home, which is the second broadcast after today at Keeneland. Uh, this one will be hosted by Christina Blacker, and I'll be on from 12.15 to 12.45 live on many different uh, websites, uh, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, etc. this week. Uh, just follow me. You can uh, Google L-Stars Picks. You can see them try and do six or eight races a week around the country and give people some opportunities to make some money. I think Facebook is another platform for the uh, pregame show, as uh, they're calling it, uh, that you and Christina yes. will be a part of. So um, hopefully folks got to check that out for the opening day card, and uh, it'll be featured at that same time uh, all throughout this uh, unique summer meet. You mentioned the, the Twitter handle, at UberCapper. Uh, anybody who's known you has known that's been a, a pseudonym for a while. Where did you pick up the nickname UberCapper? Uber I love that. This is a funny Great story. When I was uh, before I came to Kentucky 20 years ago, back in California, when I uh, had a business and I used to go to the races when I could, and one day I came home and uh, I had a really good day. And my son, who was about 12 at the time, said, "Dad, you need a nickname. Everybody's got a nickname." I said, "Well, what do you suggest?" And we had just watched an episode of uh, the X Files, the old X Files. People that remember, and there was an episode where Mulder and Scully moved into this planned community and there was some kind of monster and the monster is called the uber monster uber Mensch, i believe it was and he said dad you should call yourself uber capper and that's how it got born i love that <laughs> i've never heard that story i love that that's uh 12, 12, 12 year old son said dad you call yourself the uber capper okay and got it buddy all right well good uh, so it's at uber capper on uh, on twitter so we uh chat with ella star um how did you get into uh, being a racing analyst, horse player, etc.? Well, it's one of those things where, of course, you take forever to do it. You find out in life how things come your way and move towards you. And I started going to the race my whole life as a kid from the age of 8, 50 odd years ago. And uh, with my dad, who had very little time, he worked really hard. We used to go to the races on weekends. And uh, I loved it a lot. And when we had a family business that... Uh, that I kind of inherited. None of my brothers wanted to go into it. We had little trade shows. And in those trade shows, I met some other handicappers. And then when, uh, after the big, big earthquake in 1974 in Northridge, California, uh, we closed the business. And I went to work for a startup at the time called Trackmaster, which people may have heard of. And they were the first company to sell information on the, on the Internet of racing way before anybody else was doing it, a little handheld device. And then in the PC days when we used to have the blue screens, and then, of course, windows and as we started to migrate from doing information uh people asked uh, what we would do as we answered customer service calls and uh, i started to tell them and 
we got the idea to just start doing some selections on the internet, and they were very well received way back when hardly anybody was on the internet back in the late 90s. Uh, and from that, I just got to doing this kind of thing more and more, and gravitated from doing daily selections for various tracks around the country, doing these kinds of blogs and the fan education, which you know I do like you do, love to work with fans at the track, which is more fun than anything else, working with groups, small groups and big groups, talking to them and helping them understand how to make an exact bet and how to read the program and handicap themselves. Is there a most common question or one or two questions you get from those kinds of groups? Absolutely. I think that the most common one is, like, give me a one or two or three minute handicapping lesson. Just put me through your process. You know, it's almost like the book Handicapping for Dummies, except these aren't dummies. They want to know what's going on and just teach them three or four things to find the program, like look at today's distance, look at the horse's finish position, look at class a little bit. And then from there, of course, you get other questions that people get. You see them the next time, the next time, and they want to know more and more. That and the basic things also, like how to structure a bet. What's the best way to play an exactor or a trifecta? Everybody wants to know how to make the bet because they know that, you know, when they bet too many combinations, you're setting yourself for, up for not making the kind of profit you can. But there's that fine line between betting, for example, a three or four exacta box and, you know, betting six or eight different combinations in a race in a smaller field and then saying, I won the race, but I lost money. And nobody wants to do that. When you, uh, as you've uh, honed your skills, so to speak, what do you focus on? Some some people use buyer speed figures. Some use uh, rags and sheets. Some watch the replays. You know, a lot of different approaches. Do you have a set philosophy, and, and how did you come to acquire it? You know, I think it's a great question, Tom, because I think a lot of handicappers, even the casual fan, and I do it somewhat, you know, publicly, self-professionally, but for my living, um, and when I want to bet as well, you come into some rote, some things that you do. You look at a race, you say, okay, I'm going to tackle a race this way, a maiden race. Well, I'm going to look at pedigree and workouts or trainer statistics. In a race with a lot of with three-year-olds, you're going to look at horses that are maybe improving. But I, I, I mean, I would be hesitant not to say I use our product stats race lens a lot because it does keep me from having to look at five or six different products as I've done in the past. But there's lots of ways to do it. I look at the Echo Base Speed Figure because it's a little underutilized. But mostly I think handicapping is, is more art than science still. I think most people would agree. And to that respect, I look at each race and for each kind of race, you know, like I say, a maiden race, a turf race, a sprint, a route. I know the three or four things I want to look at going into it to help me figure out what horses I'm going to eliminate and then figure of the ones that are left, what kind of order I want to put them in, which horse I think a little, I feel a little more strongly about than another horse. These days, you can watch so many races, get so much information. Um, and I know uh, from following you on Twitter, uh, on a given weekend, you'll, you know, may find a play at, at Woodbine, for example, at, or at, you know, different places around the country. Do you try to focus on a couple of tracks, two or three? Do you try to uh, look for opportunities more than, than tracks? How do you approach that in this day and age with so many tracks running in a given week? Well, there's two answers to that. The one is I've been blessed enough to have tracks ask me to do a race of the day. I did mention I do a race of the day for Woodburn. I do a race of the day for Ellis Park and Keeneland and San Luis and Del Mar. So I will look at those races, and when I'm for that work, I look at it, and I find the race I think is most likely to lend itself to something everybody's going to find something in if they look at the program. Because I try and do 
a little bit of a handicapping lesson as much as a pick. So the picks might run badly, but the methodology is sound. So I try and find an allowance race, a race where the horses are improving, not all first-time starters occasionally, but very seldom for those tracks. For my own betting, um, I will look for the races later on the card when I know I'm going to have the time to watch them and have some time to watch videos and look for races that I think have bigger fields. And Of course, that means gravitating towards turf a lot these days where you do get the 10, 11, and 12 horse fields. Do you uh, handicap the humans much, so to speak, or do you stay pretty much uh, focused on numbers? Uh, and then I guess a second part, uh, are you a, a, a horse player who plays hunches or do you keep it pretty rigid to what your analysis is? Well, one of my mottos, I think I've mentioned this to you in the past and fans that will do it besides the one that's on my selections on my website and my, my business cards I have, which is friends all like friends that chalk, is often wrong but never in doubt. I find that you have to have the strength of your conviction. So I really don't play a hunch. Occasionally I'll make a dumb bet like anybody will because I'll think the, the, there's money on a horse or some other reason to do it. But other than that, I try not to do that. I, I do look at the races in terms of trying to find value and you know whether that means it's playing a pick three which, of course, I love. I know we talk about a lot when I do these things with you and, and when I do it with fans that are more into just betting from race to race. Um, but I do try and find the value in the races in terms of betting strategy. Even handicapping, it's still more art. And on the people topic, I think there's always a place for the people. A trainer intent, for example, is really important. It always has been. My, my mentor, the late Dick Mitchell, taught me, you know, in certain situations – where a horse is doing something the first or second time, you do need to know kind of the prowess of the trainer or the jockey, and just, just in terms of what he or she's intending to do. You know, an example would be you don't often bet Bill Mott and Sugarman Gahey first-time starters because those are trainers that are known for the long game. They don't need to impress an owner. Where other trainers, you know, might have their horses ready to run first time out because they need to get the horse going well. Other guys, the owner's not going to abandon them after two or three starts. They're getting horses to run in classic distances and stuff like that. So they're always a place for the human element in handicapping. Well, let's uh, take a look at a couple of items on the Thursday card. It's an allowance feature at uh, six furlongs on the main track for Phillies and Mayors, three and up, allowance optional claiming. Um, and uh, a nice, I think, well-matched group here. Uh, where did you, or how did you see the feature, the, uh, which is the eighth race on the Thursday card? Well, I was really excited when you said that the money for charity, because I'd love to raise a few hundred, hopefully, or more from charity. And I think I, I, I'm glad we're starting with the feature, because there's a favorite that's fairly legitimate, and I am normally a contrarian, but this is an opportunity to make some money in exactas and doubles, because this field is really wide open past this horse. So I saw this race as number eight, Dos Minos, as really the horse to be five to two on the morning line. Uh, this is the horse that's very logical on paper, second his debut, then he won by five to break his maiden, then he finished third in July of last year, took a long time off, t uh, 10 months, came back May 24th, and ran even better than he did first time out. He won by two and a quarter. Um, he got a very strong 99 Echo Bay speed figure, which has to be improved upon, in my opinion, logically. Second off the layoff, a good trainer, Brett Calhoun, and he put in two really nice workouts at Churchill Downs uh, coming into this race, 59 and 4 tenths, which is the second best of 17, and third best of 33, 47 and 6. So I look at more of the ranking and the time, but those are good times. So besides the second off the layoff improvement, 
He improved a lot last year in his second start. I should say she all this time. It's a Philly. She improved a lot in her second start after losing by half length, winning by five. So if you expect that same improvement, she's moving right up the ladder from the first allowance level to the second. So I think she's the key to the race here, and I'll play some exactas and some doubles um, with the charity money, hopefully, to get this going. Any other strong opinions on the Thursday card? Uh, I think in the back one race in the seventh race, uh, I like a horse named Love Beach at a pretty decent price of 10 to 1. I watched the video. I always try and look at you asked earlier about handicapping. If I do see a comment, I will look at the video. Um, it's the, the short comment says, Save Ground, City of the Eighth. I think I didn't do justice. She was stopped cold. This filly was coming back from eight months off since last October on June 14th. Uh, she was fourth and a length back about the eighth pole, and she got stopped cold. So she's 10 to 1. She's a horse I'm going to look at here as well. And then in the ninth race, uh, kind of similar, there's a horse named Militarist number 11 here, and you're going to remember this. Notarist is a half-brother. This dam has had two other foals. One of them was Little Mike, who won oh, three wow. and a half million bucks for the same owner and breeder, Carlo Vaccarezza. And what's really intriguing to me was he started the horse on dirt, ran third, then two route races, one on dirt, one on turf, all, last, all earlier this year, and fifth and sixth. Something happened between February 2nd and the last race on May 30th where the horse improved a boatload because he only got three lengths beaten when fifth of 11 last time on dirt. And now he's on the turf with two big workouts at Keeneland coming in the race. And Florent Giroux is riding him back after being up for the first time. So Militarist is a nice play for me, number 11 in race nine. All right, let's take a look at the um, plays for the $100 for the uh, charity wagers. Uh, What are you doing on the Thursday card? Well, I want to bet $15 to win on Love Beach at 10 to 1. I think it's a nice way at the least to get more than the 100 back if that wins. I think I'm going to do that number four, Love Beach, in race seven. And then I'm going to skip to the ninth and come back to the doubles. And in the ninth race, I'm going to do the same thing. I want to bet $15 to win on number 11, Militarist, in race nine. And then in the eighth race, I want to play some exact as King this Dos Vinos. So I think there are a bunch of horses that could run second, some at really good prices. So I want to play some $10 exactas key, which is just Dostinos on top, the eight. And I want to play the one, which is an entry of In the Midst of Biz and AP Princess in second. The two, Cardamon. The three, Figure It Out. Uh, the six, Summer Delivery. And the 10, Club Car. So those are five exactas. And then just four $5 doubles again here. Uh, with those Venus in race eight, of course, again, Militarist is one of the horses in race nine, and then also number one, if I could say it right, Pinskos <laughs> in race in race nine, and seven Alphonse Waldi, and the uh, nine Exalt. So five with one seven nine eleven five dollar doubles in race eight, and eight, the ten dollar exactus. Eight, right? In race eight to race nine, right, I'm sorry. No, but I mean, Dos, Dos Vinos is, ra- is horse eight, correct? Horse eight, right. Yes. Horse eight in race eight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, $5 doubles in race eight with the eight with the one seven nine eleven in race nine, and the $10 exact is in race eight, eight over one, two, three, six, ten, and then the $15 win bets on Love Beach and Militarist. And really trying to hope that the last three races are kind to me and the uh, this uh, wager for charity. Looking for the Silky Sullivan uh, betting play on uh, Thursday for LS with a 
strong finish roaring down the stretch in those last three races. So hopefully uh, it hits. Thank you for uh, the time and uh, good luck in the uh, summer meet at Keeneland. Thanks, Tom. Good luck to everybody. I'm really looking forward to this short and very solid meet.